The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is November 30th and it is a Saturday and my name is Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined with the man, the myth, the legend himself, the NBA DFS shark du jour, Mr. Mike Apatria. How are you, Michael? I'm doing swell. It's uh, it's another one of our morning podcasts instead of late at night. So I got my coffee right next to me. I'm waking up. I'm fired up. Uh, you know, I had some ample time to kind of look over this slate and really break it down. It's going to be a, like we were talking about it before we got on air. It's going to be a fun one. It's only a three-game main slate, and then we have the one uh, one showdown slate. But uh, there's going to be a lot of things to monitor and kind of go off of. And I think this is this is the kind of uh, slate where our sharks we we get an edge on the uh, on the average player. Just maybe the average sucker on a Saturday has the night off from work, wants to get a little action. Um, this is this is the kind of slate that you could take advantage of. That I agree. I I mean I think it works both Saturdays and Sundays, especially during the NFL. If you you get some cross sport fish in there that you can uh, you know throw out the the, the bait and, and reel some of them in. So that's that's what we need to do. We need to identify this stuff for our listeners to make some money. That's what it's all about. But uh, before we get started, I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor. Uh, We both are sipping our Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee right now, and uh, we appreciate their sponsorship and would would really highly recommend you you go to their website, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, or uh, check them out on Amazon. That's, I know Mike and I do the Amazon order and boom, it's on your doorstep the next do- uh, day and you're ready to go. So we appreciate them. Also, uh, hoop-ball.com, you know, please continue to support our, our host and our home base spot. Uh, we, I don't know, Mike, uh, I'm sure you have cause you're, you're up on all that, but did you happen to read the last brewski, uh, bruise letter as they're calling it? Oh yeah, I, I read every one. I think they come in on. A, I think it's a Monday or Tuesday that they come in through my email, and you know, uh, we, of course, we get a little shout out. He's always kind of going over uh, what the premium article of the week uh, is. I know uh, Mike Panda Pasador just put out a nice one on Frank Nitikalina not too long ago. So um, yeah. highlight it and check it out, guys. I mean these these guys, it's they're they're brilliant. Honestly, they're some of the brightest minds I've worked with. They all know their basketball inside and out, and not only know their ball like Coach and I, but they know season long basketball better than anybody in the industry and i you know i'll put i'll put my money on that uh these guys get on top like you know brewski was one person hyping on uh Rashawn Holmes for years now and how good he could be with starter level minutes and we're yeah. we're seeing that we've been riding this Jonathan Isaac train since day 1 um, and we're and we're kind of seeing him really explode and turn into a superstar this season. So uh, check him out. Definitely get on both sides of it. You can take advantage. We also have some other DFS content on the premium side as well. So we're pumping out stuff here, Coach. We got a lot of stuff working. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the more information, the more you read up on stuff. And like you said, those guys are just so good at at putting thoughts into words and and putting that together. And I know on that bruise letter, he touches on all 30 teams, not touches, goes, you know, pretty, pretty good into all 30 teams. So jump on hoop-ball.com. That's the only way to sign up for the bruise letter. Uh, Get involved with us there as much as you can. Hopefully you're going to that website every day as it is, because uh, we're hoping you go to forums and then DFS and the DFS thread will have all the updates throughout the day. From our guys, Miles and Andy, and all of us DFS pros, we're all putting notes and changes and all kinds of information up there. So awesome stuff, man. All right, let's jump in. Uh, We've got the solo uh, showdown game. It's a 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game, and it is two slow-mo teams. It's the Denver Nuggets and Sacramento Kings, and they happen to be the 27th and 28th uh, less p- 
fast-paced team in the league. You can't even say fast-paced. And uh, so we expect this game to somewhat be a bit of a grind. Um, you know, Denver is quietly 13-3, and three, dude. Did you know Denver was 13-3? and three? Uh, I, No, now that you said it, no. I knew that they were doing well, and uh, I, I'm really not surprised. I mean, this team is deep. Um, they, they got veterans. They added some good players and during the offseason. They're getting some young players with tons of talent like Michael Porter Jr. back. So um, I'm, I'm really not surprised. This team can really go toe-to-toe uh, as far as depth with any other team in the NBA. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I thought they'd regress a little bit from last year where they finished second in the, in the West and almost uh, won the West, but I was, I was wrong thus far. Um, anyway, this game, uh, slow-paced game, uh, you know, the, the, I guess the key to this whole thing that I just mentioned is Denver is the second best defensive team in the league. So uh, there's, that's no joking around. And Sacramento is 19th. So uh, do you want to jump on one of these teams, Mike? Yeah, sure. I'll start with uh, with Sacramento. Um, I mean, that's Sacramento's been pretty clear cut for me as far as uh, the guys I've been targeting with all the injuries that have taken place this season with, you know, uh, De'Aaron Fox being out, Bagley being out. Bagley's actually expected to return relatively shortly, but he's already been ruled out uh, for the next two games as far as I know. So um, I'm definitely going to have my eye on Buddy Heald. I think just in this matchup, uh, it's a showdown slate. We're looking for, you know, the guys that could have the most upside on uh, both sides of the ball. And, you know, night in and night out, he's going to keep taking a lot of shots. Yes, Denver's very good defensively, especially on their wings, but the shot attempts have been there for him in the past two games. He's taken 24 and 26 shot attempts, um, and that gives him a nice safe floor where even if he's shooting, you know, 35 or 40%, he can still come out of there with 30, you know, 36 DraftKings points. So um, I'm definitely going to have a lot of interest in him. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Coach. Do you, you want to jump in on the heel? Oh, no, no. I said yes, I agree. I'm sorry. I yeah. was just uh... – I think I was nodding my head and actually speaking out loud and not meaning to. <laughs> All right, listen, no, jump in on it because he's a guy, and I'll be very upfront with it. I some, I sometimes struggle getting healed right. Um, he's one of those guys where you really have to hope you get him on a hot shooting night. But it's like mm-hmm. I said, I feel a little bit more comfortable. You know, if he's shooting 18, 17 shots a game, uh, then you really have to get him on a 60% shooting night. But when you're shooting right. 26, I'm willing to take a bigger chance on him because I don't need him to necessarily shoot 60%. So. Um, I, I'm also going to monitor the Rashawn Holmes news. He was dealing with migraines on uh, Friday. The The plan right. is that he's expected to play, but sometimes these things creep up, and you might say, yeah, I, I expect it to be gone by tomorrow, and it's not. Um, and, you know, this, this could be the situation where we have to keep an eye on it. We'll probably find out relatively early. It is the first game on the slate. If he does sit, I'm going to, you know, fire up Dwayne Dedman. Um, he came out, played decent minutes in the last game, looked good. You know, his biggest worry with Dedman is Rashawn Holmes eating into his minutes. So it's a strict play on if Rashawn Holmes misses. I definitely feel more comfortable playing Dedman. And then I, I'd also look at Bleacher. That's kind of where I'm drawing the line with the uh, with the King, uh, with the Kings. I do like Bogdanovich. Don't get me wrong. He's been playing fantastic. But the price tag's also getting up there. And we're going to want some guys on the other side of the ball as well. Yeah, let me ask you this. What do you think is going to happen when Bagley gets back? How are they going to mix these minutes? Well, Just pick your brain a little bit. I think it's going to impact uh, Belicia more than it's going to impact the centers because, you know, as reluctant the Kings are, and it would be the smarter move, in my opinion, to get him good center run, um, they'd rather play him at the power forward right now, and they view him as the power forward of the future. That's why they went out there and brought in guys like Holmes and Deadman. Um, they wanted okay. to bolster their center position because they want him to play power forward. So I think it's going to more more or less impact uh, Belicia, and then we're going to see Bar- um, Barnes obviously slide down to the three a little bit more, and that's going to have direct correlation on the wings minutes and their rotation. I'm hoping Bogdanovich uh, still can play some decent minutes. I mean, he did see a little uptick when Bagley first went down, but it was really Fox's injury that opened up the playing time. He started playing a little bit more point guard and really thrived in that kind of situation. Um, he did. Uh, you know, push come to shove. I, I, I know this might be a hot take. I wouldn't be surprised at the end of the careers or even in the next six months we see that Bogdanovich is better than healed. Um, this kid looks like he's a superstar. He's, he's very good and he's so young. And the thing is, is that he's always just barking for playing time. Um, and that was the one fear. He thought he was going to be starting this season and he wasn't, and it was kind of upsetting him. So he's also playing with a little fire in his belly, trying to prove some coaches wrong, I think. Well, uh, the, the key factor that all you really need to know about Bogdanovich is he was offered a $41 million extension You know, when these other guys were getting 60 and 80 million and he turned it down. So he's, 
he's completely an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. And uh, I think somebody's going to go out there and pay him just a boatload of money because he, you know, he has shown through this stretch with Fox being out, it's the best, best thing that ever happened to him because he's shown that he can play the point and distribute the ball. So, man, he is going to be a valuable somebody to sign, you know? Absolutely. I'm, and I'm looking forward to seeing where he lands. I know it's, I would bet my money that it's not in Sacramento just because of the way that, no. you know, he wants to force his way out the, you know, how they kind of uh, lowballed him on an offer and everything like that. And, you know, if, if, if it goes to a contending team, he's probably going to most likely come off the bench, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind coming off a bench for a top team. And if he's still getting that sixth man usage, we're seeing plenty of players be okay with that sixth man role if they're playing 28 minutes and still able to just kind of shoot the lights out against the second unit. Um, and he would really thrive in that role. I'll tell you, it is going to be an interesting couple of weeks, though. As as Bagley comes back, and then you've got the massive wild card of when De'Aaron Fox comes back. Now you're squeezing minutes out of everybody. Bogdanovich has to flip back over. Everybody has to sort of shift minutes and usage. And so I'll tell you, keep an eye on the Sacramento team. You know, use Bogdanovich and Holmes and Heald as much as you can, in my opinion, because once they get Bagley and Fox back into the mix, this is going to be a dumpster fire of trying to figure out who the hell to play, who's going to get usage. And I don't particularly think Luke Walton's the sharpest coach in the league, so I'm wondering how he's going to manage all of this. Not, I know we're going a little in-depth with, with – uh, uh, Sacramento here, but it's just something I wanted to bring up because, you know, everybody's been playing Kings, you know, all those guys I mentioned have been getting lots of, uh, lots of usage, lots of ownership, but that's going to change when these guys come back. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, their minutes are definitely going to be impacted. Maybe some guys still stick in the starting lineup. Uh, but when the minutes and usage get impacted, like, you know, Darren Fox is going to come back and so is Bagley and they're both going to have to take 15 plus shot attempts per game. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna shake up the whole wagon there. There's no doubt about it. All right, I'll I'll jump in with the Nuggets on the other side of the ball. Uh, you know, this is a slow paced game, so it is gonna pit play right into Denver's hands. They like to play the uh, half court offense where they run everything through Jokic at the top of the key. He he looks for three guys cutting back door and a back screen and then I'll take a few dribbles and look the other direction and fake a shot and, and hit somebody on a bounce pass for a layup. I mean, that's basically, it, it's like watching an old college offense where they run everything through the big man and the big man's a good passer. Yes. Jokic is one of the greatest passers uh, of all times, really for big men. He's going to, he's going to go down. I, I think as, as that when his career's over, but it really stagnates the rest of the offense. I mean, Jamal Murray is a nice play, uh, you know, on, on any given night because he can get hot. He can break a slate. I mean, he's one of those streak shooters that he could close his eyes and make shots at times. The problem is there are sections of time that he somewhat disappears because of, like I said, that methodical offense that they run. So, you know, in a, in a game like this against Sacramento that's the 19th, uh, rated down to 19 in usage. I think I think Jamal Murray is a solid play uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, as far as the Joker goes, you know, he's expensive still, and just the pace of this game. I don't want to spend my one of my bigger salaries on a guy in a game that's going to have 15 less possessions than some of these other games. So I'm not going to go there. And then, you know, I don't know if you have anybody else on the Denver side, but I want no part, you know, I know Will Barton's been the darling lately, and he is doing a great job. His price is still down, so you can consider him. So I would say Murray and Barton are in play, but I don't want to mess with these other Jeremy Grant, you know, uh, Gary Harris, Beasley, Millsap, Monty Morris, Mason Plumley. Uh, all of those guys are getting minutes in that they have a really pretty stiff rotation of nine players that they're using. Uh, but I just don't want to go any deeper than that. So I think for me, the only guys in play today are Murray and possibly Barton. What do you think? 
I'm, I'm both on both those guys. I'm with you. I mean, if you want to play Jokic, I'm not going to knock you. He always has that kind of upside, and he is probably uh, you know the more predictable high scorer in this game um, on both sides of the ball when you're thinking about it. Just his pure usage, but you're also paying for him, and it's tough to kind of right. get a lot of those other guys that we mentioned on the other side, and then go for uh, my two favorite plays in Denver, which are happen to be your two favorite plays, which are Will Barton um, and Jamal Murray. I just think this is a great matchup going against Corey Joseph. Uh, they're also going to bring in a little bit of Yogi Ferrell on Murray. Murray should be able to have his way with both those guys. And uh, Barton kind of thrives. I've always mentioned Sacramento being very porous against opposing shooting guards and wings. Right. Um, and that I kind of see him taking advantage of that spot. So I wouldn't mind a Gary Harris if you want to save money. I mean, like I said, I do like to target shooting guards and wings against his team. He's being the other one. Um, he'll probably be very, very low on the ownership poll. He's just not very tantalizing as far as his upside or his floor. Uh, but I think you could give each one of those little upside and floors a little boost upwards in this kind of matchup where I don't mind, uh, you know, saving paying 4400 in the showdown slate on him. Beautiful. Well, hopefully that gives you a, a basis to build that showdown team. Um, it's it's going to be tough because there's going to be uh, all the same guys are going to pretty much get taken. It's going to be such uh, similar lineups in those. So hopefully that gives you at least a picture of, uh, you know, may, you're probably going to have to have some, some courage and, and go with one odd guy in the bunch here just to try to differentiate a little bit but uh but that should be interesting all right let's uh let's move on to the three game main slate and the first game is a seven o'clock uh uh, eastern game and it's the indiana pacers against the philadelphia 76ers uh this is a back-to-back for both teams they both played yesterday uh again you have Two of the not quickest teams pace-wise, Indiana sitting at 23 and Philly 21. So they do protect the ball and are pretty disciplined on the offensive side. And then you mix that in with the fact that they're the fourth and fifth uh, best defensive teams in the league. You're talking about one of those, uh, you know, 97, 94 type of games, I think. I mean, I really do think these teams – uh, are solid enough uh, that they're going to probably grind it out. So this is my least favorite game of the three as far as uh, building a team. And let me put this out there. You know, we're doing this game. It's uh, 9 o'clock here in the morning, um, so we haven't gotten any player news yet. But I would be shocked if Embiid doesn't sit this game. Uh, what do you? Don't you think Embiid's going to sit? I actually uh, I saw a report yesterday, uh, close to last night, that he's expected to uh, sit this game. I'm pretty sure. So that they were planning on sitting on one of the ha- games on the back to back. He played in the first one. So I'm I'm actually you know scripting this as though he's already been ruled out because yeah um, I can't remember exactly where I seen the report and you know shame on me for not uh, giving credit where it's due. Uh, but I but I did see it and uh, you know I'm I'm definitely taking that into consideration and. I think we both know what to do whenever he's out. And I know you said you're not very on this game, Coach. I actually really like this game. This is probably yeah. my favorite. Yeah. I don't mind wow. the low total um, because this is a game where I know it's going to stay close no matter what. You look at these other two games later in the night, and they both have these absurd spreads of, uh, I believe, you know, opening right now at the morning, 14.5 for the Milwaukee-Charlotte game and a 13.5 for the Houston-Atlanta game. So I know that this game is staying close regardless of the total. And I know there's going to be a lot of usage to go around on the Philly side of the ball without Joel Embiid playing. Yeah, you're. I mean, that's what makes this this such a difficult slate. Is you've got two blowout possibilities there, very likely possibilities, but you've got such juicy players in those blowout yeah. games. It's uh, you know. So the question is, do you go with the the good defensive slow pace teams, which are Indiana, Philly, hoping they do score enough to make be relevant, or do you risk? You know the big wheels of Harden and Young and all those guys in the in the big uh, total games that could blow out. So this is gonna this game this is slate is a headache to me. It really is, especially yesterday was so for me. I know we're sort of opposite, but that's because I like cash. You like GPP games, but I like big slates where there's so much options you can really select. This slate today is a stomachache, man. It is tough. But to get back to that, so I totally 100% game script as well that Embiid's going to be out. I mean, not only do they not play him 
often on back-to-backs, but they also sat Horford yesterday figuring that he's going to play monster minutes in this game at center. And this is one of those scenarios. We've talked about it every time it's happened. If, if when he Embiid sits, Horford is a must play. It's just plug and play. I don't care who's defending Indiana or, you know, their bigs inside, whatever. Horford just eats the, a lot of those rebounds, points, usage. He uh, benefits the most when he sits. So, you know, I'll I'll just start off and say from Philly's side, I like I like Horford a lot. I think he's he's a great play in this game. Um, you know, a couple other things that happened yesterday. Jay Rich missed, so I don't. We'll have to keep news on if he's going to be back. Um, and I know Simmons played and he played so so, but I had read that he didn't go through shoot around yesterday because he had a really bad upper respiratory infection. And if you watched him yesterday, he looked slower. He wasn't, he was hacking a little bit. We have to also watch the news there. So this is going to be a very important game to see what the player news is. So that scares me a little bit. You know, uh, Tobias Harris had a terrible game yesterday, but I sort of like him today. I just feel like, you know, he'll be going against Warren. I think he's he'll also have a usage bump. So, you know, we may not agree on this one, but... The two Philly guys that I'm looking at right now are Harris and Horford. How about you, man? Uh, I'm right on cue with you, actually. So you do like wow. some. You do, those are, and those are two guys that we can fit into our lineups and not have to, you know, break the bank on. Uh, Horford only 6600 and Harris only 6400 on on DK. Right. And That's yeah. We're getting a big usage bump out of both of them. Uh, you know, I think Tobias Harris uh, ends up at you know averaging 1.17 DK points per minute. You know, he's going to play a little bit more time at the four, so a few more rebounds should be available for him. Uh, looking at 30, 35 minutes in a close matchup, he's he's hitting right on par for hitting value. And then Horford's also getting a nice little bump, and he's averaging 1.30 DK points per minute. Um, and I believe Horford's getting about 3.5% usage bump, which isn't anything that's like you know small. That's actually a very right. large usage bump for a player. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I'm monitoring that upper respiratory infection for Ben Simmons. It is a back-to-back. Maybe they limit his minutes. Maybe they don't want to play him as much. Um, whatever the case may be, he, he is still in play slightly for me. It's Ben Simmons. Um, but one thing I, I did want to point out with him, he actually sees his usage go down when Embiid's off the floor. So, right. so it's not like he's out there taking more shot attempts. We don't play Ben Simmons because we're expecting him to score 30 actual points. The only thing that's really getting, you know, gaining anything in his kind of play with Embiid being out is maybe a few extra rebounds available, but it's also taking a few extra assists off the table for him as well. So I'm, I'm with it. It's just going to be Tobias Harris and it's going to be Al Horford. And then if we hear that Josh Richardson is sitting out again, I think we could take another look at Korkmaz if we need some value. Um, and then obviously, uh, Matisse, uh, Thibel, he's also playing a little bit of extra run, but you're really just banking on him getting a ton of defensive stats. If you play him, dude, man, I think we both ate too much Turkey because this is the most, I think we've ever agreed like on every player. <laughs> I know we're going to have to, scary. we're going to have to find something. It's going to be a hard chicken soup bet tonight or a Turkey soup bet. We'll, we'll get oh a little festive. Gosh, with it. it is. Yeah. We're not going to have anything this. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. But, um, you know, I, on the Indiana side, you know, here's my this is my favorite stat of the year. And I know I've, you probably heard me say this three different times, but it's so much that I couldn't believe it. I had to double check it. And, you know, when I look, I like to look at when players sit, what happens to the team defense? And there, it was unbelievable. There was nobody in double digits. The, the closest one was like seven point something. But, you know, number one. Joel Embiid, when he sits, there are 91, or I'm sorry, when he plays, there are 91 on defense, which is top three. When he doesn't play, they go to a 116. So you're talking, I'm sorry, a, 10, a 106. It's a, it's a 15.6 bump of them going up. So what I'm trying to say, 10, is that one? 106, right? It's good. It's good. Regardless, yeah. it's, it's a very good sign as far as, you know, the Pacers coming into a spot without Embiid. Um, and exactly. from, from the and signs of it, Coach. the part that gives me interest. And <laughs> even though I ran out of toes and fingers and to count and lose my math, the bottom line is Philadelphia has given up 15 and a half more points when Embiid doesn't play. So who do you like on Indiana? 
Um, I, I like a lot, and it's part of the reason why I said I'm going to be on this game. And it, I was about to, I was about to say, and I was cutting you off, unfortunately. But it was, uh, it sounds like you're kind of talking yourself onto this game as we go on a little bit more and more. I mean, close, lots of usage. Well, this is where I'm going to surprise you, but that's okay. I, I, I was, that's, I was setting you up on this one, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I still think that uh, we, we can definitely keep looking at Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's a fair price at uh, 7,300. Um, I'm not really worried about the uh, Ben Simmons defense. And listen, I give Ben Simmons a lot of credit. He's been one of the best defenders in this league. Um, he's been absolutely phenomenal, but he's also dealing with an upper respiratory infection. And it's hard to chase a guy around that, you know, had plenty of time to rest. So I'm definitely going to be looking at him. I think Sabonis is another option. Um, I do not touch Miles Turner, and I will continue to not play Miles Turner. Um, he's just taking the backseat compared to now starting with Sabonis. He's very passive on the glass. He's very passive with shot attempts. Some games he doesn't even get over, you know, five or six. So I'm yeah. going to continue just to keep fading him, and I'm going to mostly put a lot of my interest in the two guys I continue to ride, uh, which is Sabonis and uh, Brogdon. Very good. Now, for me, and again, this, uh, I, I did the little reverse snowball here, uh, but I, here's my problem with Indiana right now. You know, we already talked about the pace factor. We already talked about they're, they're playing against a good defensive team. And, and when I was able to really get uh, great plays with Indiana is when the combination of different guys were sitting. And they've – Sabonis has sat, Turner has sat, Brogdon has sat for multiple games. All these guys have missed games. Lamb missed a bunch of games. So – my point being here is when those guys miss, they have a pretty tight unit of about seven guys, really, that they play big minutes. But mainly if they're starting five, even though Turner's dropped off some, get all of their usage in points. So when one of them is out, it impacts positively everybody else. And a lot of times there were two of them out. So they became must plays. I mean, I dialed up Brogdon and Sabonis every day for a while. Then I, you know, Lamb was in play then. So I, all that being said, I just can't differentiate, even though Philly's defense goes down without and be down out there so much. I think Brogdon, Lamb, Warren, Sabonis, a little bit of Turner and a few, and the two holidays off the bench and even TJ McConnell right now, those eight guys, they're, they're all producing and what that tells me is, who do you pay, take? They all have lower f- floors now. They actually all have lower ceilings because of that dispensing of all of the usage all over the place. So even though I love the stat of Embiid, I'm not playing any Pacers for that particular reason because I don't want to spend the money on a guy like Sabonis and then he has a 27 point fantasy game or take a shot at lamb and he throws up a 15 point fantasy game so that's why i'm passing there sir okay i listen and i think a lot of it's going to end up coming down to how you end up game scripting so like i said if you if you're game scripting you know i i I do multiple lineups i'll end up probably doing uh you know maxing out a 20 uh the 20 lineup four dollar one on DraftKings on top of doing a few other ones and I know I'm going to get a few shares of different views. So I know in the views yeah. where I'm just anticipating maybe, you know, the Bucks get out of hand and maybe the, the other games just stay sort of in check. I might have a little bit more ownership in this game. And I'm going to run back some of the guys on Philly with one of those big guys. And, uh, you know, one guy I didn't mention, but the more I look at, I kind of really am enticed by the price tag. If we need the value is TJ Warren. He's only 4,800. Um, and he should yeah. continue still being a part of this offense. He doesn't do a lot in the periphery stats, but the shot attempts have been double digits for the past three games. Um, and he does, you know, kind of get those two, three steal games here and there. So um, he's another guy, I think, at 4,800 that can present some value. So, yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to go overboard on the Indiana side. I think they're definitely in play because this game will stay close. But if you're going to play a guy like, uh, you know, if you want to do a Trey Young, James Harden kind of stack, and then you also want to get Al Horford, at that point, it's going to be hard to get these guys that are 77 or 7,900 in there as well. So I kind of see both sides of it, and I'm going to look at both sides when I'm building my lineups. I'm with you, man. All right, let's go to game two of the three-game main slate. It's an 8 p.m. Eastern game. Uh, it's the Atlanta Hawks uh, who are playing the Houston Rockets. Atlanta did play yesterday, and now they're traveling to Houston, who had the day off, so definitely advantage Houston there. 
the, the cool thing for us in the DFS world is Atlanta is the eighth fastest team in the league and Houston is second. So we've got some teams getting up and down. And on the defensive side of the coin, Atlanta is 23rd and Houston 16th. So that is interesting because you're looking at uh, some very good potential of, of them getting up and down the floor and putting up a lot of uh, points. Now, as we alluded to earlier, you know, the big question right now is, is this game going to stay close enough? We know there's going to be a bundle of points and a bundle of DFS points available. If somehow, some way, Atlanta keeps this close enough that everybody's playing, that's gonna. this game is going to be the game of the night. I, I firmly believe that. And, you know, it's my favorite game because I think Atlanta can hang just enough. Um, if it blows out, you know, there's always this factor. We've seen it and talked about it a billion times. D'Antoni is sort of a rockhead. He doesn't make a lot of sense with playing his guys additional minutes when he really doesn't need to. I mean, we rode that into like five victories in a row in the preseason because he was playing hard in like 38 minutes in games in the preseason that had no significance. So, you know, even if they're up 17 or 20, I don't think he really pulls the main guys from Houston at all. So that helps me feel a little bit better. And, you know, Atlanta, I, I would think even though they're on a back-to-back that if Houston's main guys are in, even if they're down 20, I don't think he's going to clear the bench. So I'm banking on the game script that this either stays close enough or this boneheaded D'Antoni keeps his guys in too long. So that being said, there's there's a piece, two pieces of news here that make this game like, oh, I'm so excited to play this. And it's Daniel House and Clint Capella are both doubtful for Houston. And it does not look like, from what I read here, that really they're almost basically out. So you take those two guys out, uh, my goodness, what that really changes the whole aspect of everything that Houston does. Um, to me, I think you start your lineup with Harden. If you don't, I think you're going to lose on this slate. I just really do. Um, and I'm actually going to try to to work on some scenarios uh, to put at, at least two more Houston guys in there, whether it be uh, P.J. Tucker, because, you know, just because Capella's out, don't fall for starting, in my opinion, Tyson Chandler, because he's going to start the game, but he's not going to play more than like 15, 18 minutes. They'll use Isaiah Hartenstein for 15, 18 minutes, and then whatever portions left, they'll just play small ball, which he loves to play anyway, with uh, with P.J. playing the five, uh, especially since Atlanta's a little bit smaller uh, in the front line with no Collins. So, you know, I, I certainly may go P.J. Tucker um, and, and try to probably stack three Rockets in this game. On the Atlanta side, uh, I think Jabari Parker is really in play. Uh, and, I, and the reason I'm jumping on both teams because here's my correlation here. I think if you're going to play this game script to make this your key game, you know, I think you got to – stack both sides of it a little bit. It doesn't have to be Harden and Young and Westbrook and just the expensive guys, but I think you got to look at a Jabari Parker and maybe a DeAndre Bembry and and, and Harden and Tucker kind of thing on the other side because you want to have that correlation and hope this game is 134-120 and you know, you've got multiple guys that go off. So that's the way I'm playing it out, bro. Hey, I, I, I like it. I mean, at the end of the day, is I, I mentioned that there's you know negative correlation of it being a high spread. Um, I was going to get to it. I'm, I'm not scared off this game. If there's one game I'm avoiding, it's uh, it's going to be the last game that we talk about. It's going to be the Charlotte-Milwaukee game. And that's just not only because of spread, it's just Milwaukee's defense is absurd. So yeah. that's, that's the game I'm going to have the least amount of shares in. So what I'm really doing is building around that first game that we mentioned, it being a close spread, and then getting shares of these high-usage, high-volume guys on the other side of the uh, on both sides of this game, and then 
you know, d- uh, dumpster diving for some value as well with all the injuries. So on the Houston side, I think absolutely. You need to start your lineup with James Harden. Um, this matchup is beautiful for him. He did not see a price bump, like, basically whatsoever. He's always around that ele- high 11 to 12K price range. And then you jump over and you look at a guy uh, like Westbrook, who did see a price bump, but hasn't been really warranted it. You know, he's not really playing for it. He's, he's literally seeing a huge price boost uh, up to 9,300 when last week he was 8,4, 8,6. Just because of the matchup, so I'm I'm going towards Harden. Um, I'm with you. I think PJ Tucker will get a ton of run. There's no reason why he shouldn't play at least 35 to 38 minutes if this is a close game. Uh, right. But one other guy I wanted to bring up was Gary Clark because that's the guy mm-hmm. who benefited from them playing small ball. He played 30 minutes in the last one. He's near min salary at 3500 on DK. The funny thing is he has center eligibility. He's more of like a wing, uh, you know, power forward he does? type guy. Yeah. yeah. He's, you're kidding. He's power forward and center eligible, and I think that's just I, because of the way the Rockets have been playing with him. But he played 29 minutes in the last game against Miami, shot 5 of 10, finished the night with 28.5 DK points. Um, and yeah. that's some value knowing that Daniel – and Daniel House played in that game. So if Daniel House you know, is, is sitting out and we know that they're not going to be playing a ton of – I'm with you. I've been fading that Tyson Chandler uh, BS since the day it started. I think there was one yeah. game where they played Minnesota where I threw him in a couple and tried it. Uh, but never again. I'm not going to keep falling for that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm off that train and, you know, I'm not going to be playing Hartenstein either. I just, like you said, I don't think Atlanta needs to play big. I think they prefer to play small with how bad their front line defense is. Um, mm-hmm. they, and, you know, it looks like they refuse to play Alex Len at all. So I'm, I'm basically, I'm mostly sticking to those three guys. If you wanted to take a stab at a guy like Ben McLemore, he's expected to start, um, in place of house. I don't, you know, expect a ton of usage from him, but he's the same price as Clark. Both those guys are near minimum salary. Um, and those between those four guys are going to be my main shares on this team. Very nice. What about on the Atlanta side? Oh, I'm going. If I'm playing this game heavily, like I just mentioned, uh, in that kind of script, I'm playing a ton of Trey Young. I mean, 8,900. We just saw what he did. Yeah, I'm not expecting another 49, uh, you know, real life points, but he's a walking GPP monster. Uh, we know this yeah. night in and night out. He he's going to get a ton of usage. He puts up the assists just about every single game. The shot attempts will always be there. He gets to the line. He he's he's a he's a star in the making. I mean, he's being overshadowed by what Luka's doing and I think everybody in the NBA is too, but Trey Young is slowly budding and you don't hear people thinking, uh, you know, everyone's breaking the uh the sun um the sunstones about taking DeAndre Ayton. You know, you the Hawks, you know, they might have traded, but they didn't really miss either. They got a great player in Trey Young. Yes, he's not going to be Luka Doncic necessarily, uh, but he's a fantastic player as well. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be all over him. I like your Jabari Parker call. I think if you're game scripting this, you're trying to get two guys from both sides, um, you could definitely look at Parker. I'm not going to be overboard on him. I will have shares. Um, but I think that one thing I wanted to monitor and keep an eye on is Evan Turner's minutes. The coach has kind of been publicly apologizing, saying that he hasn't been playing him enough. Uh, you know, right now he's only playing 13. 14 minutes. He's only 3,400, but I wouldn't be shocked to start to see him get a little bit more extended run. And this kind of seems like a matchup where having a veteran on the floor who could guard multiple positions um, would be useful. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of limiting my ownership to those guys. I don't really want to go to DeAndre Hunter. Uh, Bembry's always kind of that dart throw. I most like to play him when I know he's starting. Absolute monster minutes in the last one. I don't know if we're going to see that same game. He had 15 and 12 in the last one. I, I can't expect that. Um, that might have just been a, a kind of a game script thing. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna look into that a little bit more. So if you, you know, keep an eye on our Twitter accounts, I'll try to tweet something out about that because that's interesting. If we hear that he's gonna be playing or starting or whatever it may be, and he's playing that many minutes at 4K, um, that would totally overshadow the whole Evan Turner thing for me. Yeah, that that really is an interesting deal there. I, I like that call. Um, I have one big point for you here, and this I think is what I'm going to key my night off of. Um, Here's a quiz question for you. Who is defensive real plus minus so far this season? Who is number one in the league guarding the opposing uh, opposing point guard? You said I couldn't hear you at that last opposing point guard. Yes. Ah, uh, well, every time you set me up with these softball-like questions, I feel like it's somebody in this game. Um, so I, I want to say Drew Holiday because that just makes the most sense to me in my head. But if you come out and say Russell Westbrook, I'd be absolutely stunned. It's Russell Westbrook. <laughs> That's shocking. I, I know no one would believe it because he's taken some noise in the past for uh, uh, defensive, how he plays defense on the ball. Now, I, I said this on a show. I'm, I don't think it was the one with you, so I'm not – you probably hadn't heard it or you would have guessed that quicker. But 
they did a piece on the Houston station. I was watching uh, pregame uh, last week, and they did a, a piece before the game where they interviewed Westbrook, and he said his entire offseason, he worked on one specific thing. He wanted to come to the Rockets, and he wanted to be the best on-ball defender in the league, and he said he worked all summer on footwork, positioning. He worked with a defensive coach. He worked on specific, uh, you know, stuff as far as reaching and deflections. He had all this, uh, basically his entire uh, preparation was getting ready to play on the ball defense. And that was his challenge coming to this team. He felt like that would be the best role he could play. One, because he's taken a lot of negative comments that way. And two, because he felt that would help Houston the most, most because, you know, it would let Harden sort of do his thing and he could shut some people down, people down. And the damn guy has done it. It goes to show you what a freak athlete he is, that he could actually do that. And I know it's a small sample size, 15 games or whatever, but the damn guy's getting it done. So to me, that is enough reason to fade Trey Young back to back played his butt off in a really close game last night, put up 49 real points. He gets the crazy maniac Westbrook all up in his business. And I just think, you know, Trey is still a little scoring. Um, specifically, you know, really needs the, the real points to score. So that tendency is there because he does get a lot of assists, but he turns the ball over a lot. And then, after that, you know, there's not a bunch of periphery numbers. So I know he's probably going to be massively owned, and I'm hoping that's going to be my pivot difference uh, in, in pivoting away from him and, and using uh, Jabari Parker as my main guy. And maybe a little DeAndre Bembry. i got to look more into that. But have you noticed Bembry's uh, production when he gets the minutes has been ridiculous? Oh yeah, he's he's a fantastic point per minute producer. We see him grab boards <laughs> like you know, almost in like a Josh Hart style as a as a guard type, uh, and he can play multiple positions. He could basically play the one through three. So I I'm I'm really the more I'm looking at, it, the more I'm considering Bembry. But the thing I'm struggling with is I I can't imagine that you know Jabari Parker is the one that keeps them necessarily in this game, and the ancillary pieces are tough. Trey Young's going to have to score at least twenty to. 25 points minimum in this game to kind of keep this yeah. intact. So uh, I, I'm that's kind of the way I'm looking at it from a game script. I also love the price tag. Uh, 8,900 will be fine if we get like 45 out of him. And that's almost like his floor, what it seems like in this season. He's taken double-digit three-point attempts over the past few games. Um, and I wanted to, you know, I, I love that you brought up that Westbrook because that's something that is actually real. And you can just, you can literally check it. If you just look in the box scores of his games, um, almost every game this season, the fouls are there for him. And the fouls are likely right. there because he's being more aggressive on defense. Like you oh, said, yeah. he gets in handsy. foul trouble. Yeah. Oh, five yeah. fouls in the last one, five before that, six before mm-hmm. that, six, uh, four, 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 five. So, getting up in everybody's <laughs> business. Yeah. yeah. And that's definitely something to put up. But we were talking about it a little bit before on air. And I, I've been kind of treating Trey Young the same way I've been treating Luca um, this season. And oh, they're both God. just matchup you, proof. Would you me. like to wash your mouth out with? So <laughs> I said treating him. I, don't, I didn't say it there to say, listen, I'm, I've been riding the Luca train. I think there's been one, maybe one slate this whole season that I faded Luca, and it worked out for me. It was when they were facing the Clippers. Every other yeah. single slate he's been on, I've been overweight on him, and I will keep being overweight. And I could yeah. probably say the same thing about Trey Young. And it's because I know these guys are, they've been underpriced. And I, I think at 8,900, he should be a guy that's almost 10K. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, he's he's been terrific. There's no doubt about it. So it'll be interesting. I, you know, part of my game script on this is I think Houston does win by 20, but I think you put in the D'Antoni dumbness here, and I hope he overplays his yeah, guys. You're right. He is team. dumb. He is dumb, and we've seen that, and I'm glad you brought it up on the preseason because that's the one reason why we were so low. I was all over Harden, and I think I wrote it up in, uh, in one yeah. of the preseason DFS articles. When in doubt, go with D'Antoni. Uh, it's just it's just something that he does. It, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you, to, you to your to your uh, value, bro. The very first night, the very first preseason, I remember you saying the exact words of "Load up on the Rockets, guys." D'Antoni in the past has always overplayed his guys in meaningless games. When it whether it be preseason or blowouts, he does it all the time. And you said that before anybody so you know 
hats off to you, man. Tibbs is the other guy too, and I appreciate it. But yeah, keep an yeah. eye. If Tibbs ever gets another head coach and job, uh, keep an eye on him. He's another guy that just buries his guys for no damn reason. Yeah, he might be done. All <laughs> right, let's go to game four, the final game on the night. I have a feeling this is going to be the quickest discussion of the night. Um, you've got the Charlotte Hornets at the Milwaukee Bucks, also an eight o'clock game. So there is no late night sweat game tonight. Um, and you've got the 25th slowest pace you want i guess is a way to put it for charlotte they do not get up and down the floor that fast which is surprising considering they've got some speedy guards but that's the the type of half court offense that they've been running and uh, milwaukee's still the fastest they're they've been there for quite some time now they are pushing the ball defense to offense a lot of fast break buckets and getting it done uh, Charlotte is also the third worst defensive team in the league, so that's not a good thing. And Milwaukee has continued to be in the top 10 all year. Uh, they're sitting at ninth. So interesting, uh, definitely monster blowout potential here. Uh, definitely some concern. They're both on back-to-backs. So uh, what do you think here, man? Who do you want to take? I think it's just going to be the ancillary pieces for me in this one. I'm, you know, we talked about that Houston-Atlanta game, and we're clearly going to be spending a lot of money in there, especially be looking at Trey Young and James Harden. So if you wanted to go and play Giannis, I'm not going to knock you. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo at the end of the day. Um, he's MVP. He could put up 60 or 70 on any single slate. Um, yeah, I'm and just he kind of, does. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm just kind of treating this as the one game I, w- I would like to, you know, avoid a little bit more. So uh, on the Milwaukee side, I'm, I'm really looking at the ancillary pieces. Like I said, I'll be looking at DiVincenzo. He's been getting solid run. I feel good in his youth that they're going to keep giving him solid and extended run, especially if this game gets out of hand. He'd probably be one of the guys that still sees some time in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, Chris Middleton's minutes are also being monitored. He's coming off the bench. Um, I think that they're going to take it slow with him. This doesn't seem like a game that they're going to just immediately throw him back in there and be like, play 35 minutes all of a sudden. Um, so I'm, I'm really, that's probably one of the main pieces I'm looking at. You know, I'm always on the Bledsoe bandwagon. I've, I kind of always like to play him. He's been a little bit down as of late. Um, and this is, isn't a, a matchup, like I said, where I'm too, you know, and I want, I want to be too invested in these bigger pieces. So I think for the Bucks, I'm really just looking at DiVincenzo. Okay, and nothing, uh, anything on the Charlotte side? I'll play Biombo. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. he's still only 4,500. Um, yes, if this game gets out of hands, he, his minutes will probably suffer. But if he's put, still playing 24, 25 minutes at 4,500, um, I think there's still a little bit of uh, juice left on the bone for us in, in that kind of matchup. Um, he'll definitely be highly owned. I, Cody Zeller is currently questionable, but I would expect him to sit out again. Um, we'll see. I mean, he was, he was supposed to play in this game. Um, right. in yesterday's game so it wouldn't shock me if it goes either way but I'm, as, at this point I'm treating it as though maybe they just keep him out again it's a tough matchup give him another day's rest um, play Biombo at 4500 and you know if it stays close fantastic it gets an extra run and if it doesn't I think he'll still have enough to get us where we uh, where we survive on a three game slate well, Center's week too. yeah 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 well I, I'm with you man I think that it, that is one million percent uh, news uh, you know, dependent. If if Zeller sits, plug in Biombo. If Zeller plays, I wouldn't touch either one because they'll probably split the game because uh, Biombo's earned some minutes. But I watched the pregame yesterday because I also was thinking that Cody was going to play. And uh, they said he was close to playing, but, you know, didn't quite feel right uh, in, in warm-ups. And you know, they were probably going to hold him out one more day, being that it was uh, – a back-to-back. So I think he's going to play, actually. He's listed as questionable, but I'm at least game scripting my early stuff that he plays. So that's going to knock Biombo out for me, uh, you know, with, with, with him going in there. Um, you know, this game is hard. I'm going to try to fade it as much as possible because I just, you know, the, the matchup is, is scary with the blowout potential. And, you know, these are not two coaches that – that play their guys in blowout. They'll, they're happy to, to give them rest uh, and sit them, especially uh, teams coming off back-to-backs, which they both are. So I think this is a dangerous game. Um, you know, it's a gamble game if you think it can stay a little close. Uh, you know, you certainly are going to be contrarian. If you stack it, there's no doubt about it. Um, I just don't see any reason to gamble and pay up for, 
for uh, Giannis in this uh, for Giannis in this type of situation uh, where he he may not get the full minutes. So, uh, you know, the one thing to consider though is it is a massive. You can't get a bigger pace up game for Charlotte playing the number one uh, fastest pace team. And and I will mention a few guys that have been catching my interest lately. Uh, and one being Devontae Graham, of course, we've talked about him, but he's been so tough lately, uh, just scoring and dishing. Definitely a guy you got to consider. Um, the other guy that's turned it up, and I, I was high on him early, then completely gave up on him. Now I'm starting to believe a little bit, and that's Miles Bridges. He's he's thrown some big games together. Uh, he can rebound the ball. He's finishing better, shooting a little bit better. So if you need a, a like a Miles Bridges to fill out your lineup, and uh, you can you can put him in there, I think he he'll get you some run. Uh, a guy off the bench that's not bad too. You know, if you're really trying to squeeze in value, is a Malik Monk. He's been getting you know minutes in the 20s, and he is a chuck and duck guy. He's going to get his shots up for sure, um, without question. But on the Milwaukee side, you know. Middleton on a back-to-back. We haven't seen news, but, you know, I got to think he's only going to play like 15, 18 minutes. That's my gut feeling. So, you know, that gives a little bit more juice to DiVincenzo for sure. Um, You know, maybe even Bledsoe a little bit. So a couple of guys to to keep an eye on there as well. So that's it. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I I can't I can't justify playing like a guy like Malik Monk um, personally, just because I know I, I mentioned a few of those guys in in Houston that are cheaper. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I'd prefer Gary Clark a hundred dollars less. And hey, if we're not playing Biombo, this Gary Clark center play is looking stronger and stronger. Yeah. I can't believe he's eligible at center. I doubt that guy's ever played center. Really. And I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to be all over Horford, so I, I can easily just you know play Horford at center, stop worrying about it, and then you know look at the forward positions. But part of DraftKings and using that eligibility is mixing and matching and kind of getting some love in, um, in all the different ways. And that's kind of how I've always seen my biggest success is when I kind of sit there and just fiddle with my lineups in that last 45-minute window before they lock. Um, yeah. Just kind of just trying it out, seeing if I if I kind of went down every avenue and covered every aspect, and I feel very good and comfortable about it at the end of the day. I'm with you, man. But I'll tell you, we've given you, even though it's a three-game slate, I think we've given you about three or four or five value plays that if you do want to play Stars and Scrubs and try to get, you know, Trey and, and Harden or Giannis or a combination thereof, you know, you could probably do it with some some Clarks and and uh, monks and different guys like that. If you really wanted to roll it that way, there's definitely uh, a few different options for this slate. Even though it's only a three-game main slate, you can use multiple strategies in this in this one for sure. So, oh yeah, definitely. I, and I'm glad you brought that up with the whole stars and scrubs because let's be real. I mean, that's probably the way I'm going to go, coach. I don't know about you. I mean, I, I don't see enough fair and balanced guys that really entice me. I mean, the only three guys that we've talked about that were on the fair and balanced approach would be like, you know, Brogdon, Sabonis, and uh, Jabari Parker. Um, and then, you know, I think Al Horford and Tobias Harris are guys that I'm going to be looking at even in my Stars and Scrub slates because we already have enough value. So I've kind of been messing around with the shot lineup. I was able to get uh, Horford, uh, Tobias, Harden, and Trey Young all in one lineup so far. So That's beautiful. See, I think I'm going to go with the contrarian play today. I'm going to play Harden and Clark. So those are my first two plug-and-plays because I've got my high and my low. And then I'm going to try to diversify the all that middle group and try to get middle-of-the-road guys that I think are going to be solid, like the Horfords and maybe the Miles Bridges and maybe the, you know, you know Bledsoe's and those guys that aren't super high cost but aren't value guys. Try to build a little more sound team instead of having to roll the dice and maybe sit Trey and, and – uh, uh, Giannis, just a, you know, a, an interesting build. I can't play Bridges, man. I just think I, I just get terrified when I'm thinking about you know them being lined up uh, across in the center of that jump ball, and you just see him Giannis Antetokounmpo across from him. That's a rude awakening. Yeah. <laughs> that is scary. That's for sure. 
Well, you never know, man. No, you hey, never know. hey, listen, and it's that's what makes GPP so fun. Uh, he's going to be very yeah. contrarian. A lot of other people are going to feel the exact same way. So if you can get a guy like that right on the right night, and let's be real, it happens. Guys just shoot lights out you know, regardless of the matchup. If they just feel it walking into the gym and all of a sudden they hit 75 80% of their shots that night, they're going to crush value and they're going to be low-owned. And that's the kind of spot you want to target. It's the NBA, that's for sure. But uh, listen, you know, we didn't really get to do a show together uh, right at Thanksgiving, I don't think. So, you know, I just I want to first of all, thank you, man. I'm thankful for you being my partner in this DFS venture. We've we have other guys that are really stepped up and made the show fantastic. Andrew's been just a fan, fantastic ad. And same thing with with Miles and all of our team with Dan. But, you know, you and I sort of talked about this for almost a year and, uh, you know, we we give each other a hard time all the time. But I just appreciate your dedication and, and your willingness to, you know, switch times. We're doing things. But, you know, we we made the commitment to each other that we were not going to miss as a team. We were not going to miss a game in preseason, regular season or postseason. And we have gotten to this point so far pretty smoothly, you know, our listenership is like 14 X as far as growth. And uh, so I'm thankful for you. I'm thank you for our listeners and for all of our team at hoop ball. So I want to make sure and say that even though you will wear the chicken suit, I still want you to know I appreciate it. Well, I I appreciate that, man, definitely. And, uh, you know, there's not another guy in the business and the industry I'd rather be doing this show with and kind of starting and building this from the ground up. So uh, I'm happy to have you on here, man. I I always have a great time every time we're doing the show together. Uh, You know, we have a a different kind of chemistry being, you know, you being the super old guy and me being like the young, savvy, extremely good-looking guy. Um, so we get, we get the, we get to throw our jabs at each other. I was actually going to say, you know, having the, the, the wise experienced smart yeah. guy dragging I, I the can't. dumb inexperienced <laughs> guy across the wire with every word. I can't but, help myself. You know. man. I can't help myself. I, I was going to go with the nice approach and I, I know in all realness and all seriousness, man, I, I love doing the show with you and it, it, it's, it's awesome. And I love the team that we have behind us. Um, yeah, and we're doing great things, and I love our listeners, man. They all chime in. They all they all come at us. They hold us accountable when we need to be held accountable, uh, and they rate and review. So please don't forget to do that, guys. And uh, it's something yeah, that we really that. appreciate. We need that. You know, we're growing. So you know, listen. You can listen to us every day on NBA DFS Today. Search it for everywhere podcasts are found, or just DFS Today. Uh, we're there. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play. Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. Take 15, 30 seconds, rate, review, subscribe. Really appreciate the five stars, likes, thumbs up, a couple of quick words. Uh, You know, we've also been getting some really, I don't know if it's the Thanksgiving mode. Everybody's, you know, been so kind. You know, I know we've both been getting some really positive tweets, you know, saying good job, appreciate it, took down this tournament, did it. Send us that stuff, man. We'd love to hear it. It makes us feel like we're, we're really accomplishing something. And uh, we just love to share in those victories for sure. So keep sending us info, comments. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He's at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. We have Andrew at Language Olympic. Miles is at miles six five six five, and you know, really follow us throughout the day. To, right now, it's nine forty four. We're going to be posting things all through up until lock, uh, even for the the early game. Any changes, anything that's going on, our team will be blurbing that info out. Go to at hoopball fantasy on Twitter as well. That's where everything sort of merges with all of us putting everything in there. And you'll be able to see all the updates there as well. So really, you know, we just appreciate our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, and our, our whole base uh, team back at the, the home base. Uh, we added a new guy I saw today, Joaquin. So welcome to him. He's another uh, new guy that's uh, not on the DFS side. But what is he, what is his role? Did you read that, Mike? Yeah, I believe he's going to be working on the uh, the back end of the, the broadcasting side. So we have a uh, you know we're always looking for more people over here at Hoopball, whether it's contributing as far as articles, blurbs, 
podcast, DFS side of it, whatever it may be, back end, maybe you're good with graphics, maybe you're good at uh, you know editing, software editing, uh, podcasting, whatever it is. We, we're always looking for a little bit more help, and it's a great place. We're growing fast. I've been here since you know one of the first seasons that we've started, and um, you know I've I've kind of only seen my role increase since I've been here. I've only been given more opportunity to kind of create content, and that's you know if you're trying to break this industry, that's the bis- the biggest thing and the hardest thing to get is a, is a a reputable, well known platform that will allow you to create content. So take advantage of it because Hoopball is a place that has it. It really is, and you'll see everything. It will continue as we grow so fast. You know, you'll have better better audio. We'll do some live shows. We'll have more production, a lot of stuff in the background. And, you know, when you go to hoop-ball.com and look at all we have to offer, I mean, it's unbelievable for fantasy and, and NBA. I mean, way beyond DFS. I mean, the core of, of hoop-ball.com are the year-long leagues, the dynasty, the head-to-heads, and there's constant news. We have box score breakdowns every night of the week. We've got Dan's show, uh, NBA Today, which is the best in the industry. So, Jump on, listen, get, you know, keep us uh, in your queue there so it lets you know when we're going, uh, have a show that posts or goes live. And I did hear a rumor, too, I'll I'll finish with this, that part of uh, Joaquin's uh, reason for coming aboard and the project he's working on is he wants to be able to set up that live feed from a three-camera angle to catch every bit of you in that chicken suit during that NBA All-Star Game live <laughs> shot. Yeah. We, we don't want to miss anything. We, we're going to have zoom-ins on your beak. and We're just circling better. back. We're just circling back around right now, Coach, and you're just putting more of the emphasis <laughs> that we need to get more angles on the young, savvy, 28-year-old, good-looking guy. Um, yeah. We must be doing a four-person show, and they're getting three cameras. Is that is that the way I'm getting it? It's it's all about the chicken suit, dude. Yeah, it's what it is. We'll see when it gets there. You know what? Next next uh, time we do a show together. When's our next show together? Oh, well, uh, I will be off tonight. I'm uh, I'm actually going to be taking a nice. I'm off tonight too. I think, yeah, aren't I? Yeah, I think we're both off. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you? I mean, it's do you it's the Miles and Andrew show. I'm going to the casino, coach. So I'm going to be running Ooh. some uh, some DK lineups, and I'm going to be going to the casino up here in Connecticut. We uh, we're spoiled in Connecticut. We have two of the nicest and largest casinos in the world, with uh, Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods, maybe 30, 35 Ooh. minutes away from me. So. Um, I'll probably be going there. I'm going to be uh, picking up one of my good buddies. He just got home from, I think I mentioned it, from the Marines not too long ago. Moved back up yeah. to Connecticut. So it's going to be one of the first trips that we're kind of taking and going out since he's been back up here. And uh, going to get a, get away a little bit. What's your game of choice? So I, I'm a blackjack guy. I play blackjack. I play a little yeah. roulette. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm actually winning, then I'll take a trip over to the craps table. But I'm not I'm not really going up to you know gamble all so much. Um, just kind of go out there, grab a few drinks, have a good time with my buddy. We will you know we'll get some food. Uh, probably bring the girlfriends up with us and just uh, have a good night. I, I bring up I'll probably bring up a couple hundred bucks and just expect to lose it and be okay with it. Well, promise me this: save a twenty five dollar chip. And put it in between the numbers 30 and 33. Those were my two basketball numbers. So you can say this one's for coach. And if you so it pays $12.50 on each number. If it comes out, you will make a fortune. And I'm telling you, red 30, red 33, you're I'm your gonna goal. do it. All right. I might even take a little actually, I don't think they'll let me video it in no, the, uh, they'll, in, they'll throw in the casino. Out. Yeah, I can't video it, but uh yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how it goes. Let me know how it turns out. It'll probably be double zero. <laughs> yeah, the only Carmelo Anthony. The, yeah, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> the only problem with me going to the casino with my girlfriend is she likes to just pull the slot machine levers, and uh, you know, if you if you go to the casino, you just kind of jump from slot to slot. You already know that you're not going to be winning a lot of money. No, and no. Uh, so when I'm winning, I usually just I see her, you know, come up to me and uh, hands out, and I give her another twenty. Uh, so <laughs> I, I usually break even when I win. <laughs> well, there you go, man. Well, have fun. That's the main thing. Enjoy yourself. And uh, yeah, I'm sure Miles and Andrew are going to crush it tonight because tomorrow's a another one of those monster slates. I think it's 12, uh, what I say, nine games or 12 games, nine games, I think tomorrow. Yeah, nine. So that should be a real good, good one. But anyway, next time we, I got there, don't go- Oh man, I know you're all choked up just because you, you're so I'm coughing, thankful man. to do all I'm these shows. Down with the wrong me. pipe. 
Yeah, yeah. I know, man. It's, uh, you know, doing these shows with me will get you choked up. Uh, and I, I'm sure there's tears, too. <laughs> there is. Okay. I died over here. I just took some boiling coffee down the wrong pipe. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> but anyway, on our next show together, the reason I, we, we went off the rails here, we got to get the chicken soup challenges going again. We haven't had one in a long time, and I've been leading for so long now, it's getting boring. So I'd like to, you know, at least have somebody nipping at my heels. So we'll get one on. I'll, I'll look them up next time. Our next well, show. How about Gary Clark for uh, Malik Monk? No, I'm playing Gary <laughs> Clark. I, I, he's going to be one of my foundational plays okay, now that right. I know he's eligible at those positions. So, see, you learn something every day. You got me on the Gary Clark wagon. I now, if he if he throws up like five fantasy points, I'm going to get my ass over to Foxwoods and find you somewhere. <laughs> Just telling you right now. So, now that'd be quite a trip. But uh, all right, brother, we better roll here. Uh, you guys have a great day. Crush it. Uh, you know, keep an eye out. The show will be uh, on online here shortly. And then uh, just follow all the moves. There's still some big news out there uh, that we need to know. We need to confirm, you know, our theory of Embiid sitting. And we need to know if Zeller's in or out, those kind of things. So awesome, man. Any last words? I'm good to go. All right. So we, we again, thank you for joining us for another edition of Hoopball NBA DFS Today. For my man, Mike Apatria, I am Coach. We will look to catch you again tomorrow as we crush it on NBA DFS. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.